Hey, welcome to a Zion People podcast. I am Keelan, an intern at Zion Church, and this is our latest message. The team here hope the message challenges you, inspires you, but most of all, builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Don't have to get too hyped because uh, I want you to count the links that God has already put into this message that you've already heard this morning. Because, you know, as, as someone who prepares a message and you put time and effort in, you're always a little bit, you know, God, am I hearing right? Am I doing right? But then you count like five things this morning that God's already put in my words that's come from the front. That's like, come on, God, you're doing something. Amen. So I'm excited for this morning. So I hope you got your ears turned on this morning and are ready to hear what God is wanting to reinforce of what you've already heard. Um, so this morning we're on the fifth part of our series in, in called Sounds of Heaven. And now uh, this morning I'll be looking at the scripture, uh, one of the passages of Scripture um, in Revelation 5, verse 12. So if you've got your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to that while we carry on with my introduction. Um, so there are five passages pulled out of Revelations 4 and 5, and this is the fourth passage that um, the team have been working on to help you understand the sound of heaven. One of the most common Scriptures that we hear uh, in the Word of God is Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13, where Jesus teaches his followers how to pray. And he says, In this matter, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On earth as it is in heaven. What a key line in that piece of scripture. How do we know what to do on earth if we're not unpacking what is being done and said and heard in heaven? So I really feel that this is really important that we as a as a congregation and as a church and as a, as a body understanding, have the opportunity to unpack the sound of heaven so that we can pull our lives into alignment with that so that we are actually bringing the sound of heaven to earth, on earth as it is in heaven, into our own environment, into the spheres of influence that you have. I'm always reminded of a message that Josh Klinkenberg brought years ago to us. It was uh, on metronomes. Many people remember that or have heard that. It's a phenom- phenomenal message. But he talks about how this dominant sound eventually pulls in all these other sounds to come into alignment. Um, and so, you know, we see this, this image of this, these, well, he must have hundreds of metronomes in this video clip going all out of different rhythm. And he put one in there that was louder. And eventually they would all tick together. They would all come into alignment because that was the dominant sound. So as a body of Christ, we need to make sure that the sound that we're making is louder than the one that the world's making. You know? But more importantly than that is the church needs to make a loud sound, but it needs to be the sound that's of heaven. Because if it's not of heaven, it's just noise. And let's be honest, there's a lot of noise out there at the moment. There are whispers and murmurings, there is shouting, there is the sound of angry fingers tapping on keyboards, there is sound of distrust and of lies and manipulation and control, there is the sound of fear and anxiety out there at the moment, the sound of stress and depression, and there's even the sound of uncertainty and hopelessness about what the future holds. 
And in that very brief 20 seconds it took me to write that, there is many, many more sounds that are out there. But we as a church know that the sound that comes from heaven is greater than that that is in the world. And we need to make sure that we understand what that sound is so that we come into alignment with it and we carry that sound wherever we go. So I think it's important to unpack to these these scriptures and have a look at it and have a look at our own lives and where what sound are we making? Is it reflecting heaven or is it just noise? You good with that? Yeah, yeah nice. So this morning I have the privilege of speaking on this passage found in Revelations 5.12 and I'm going to be reading out of the, the New King James Version this morning, my favourite version of the Bible. I love it. I love the language in it. And the theme of this morning's message is lifting Jesus up. So before I start, I want to open in prayer this morning. So Father God, we want to thank you that you are our Father who art in heaven, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one and only true God. And we pray this morning that your kingdom comes, that your will will be done on earth that is in heaven. God, we pray that uh, through your word, we will be able to capture the sound and the look and the feel of heaven that so we can bring it to earth as it is in heaven. God, we thank you for the bread that we gathered around this morning, the remembrance of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for your word that is our daily bread. Help us to uh, partake of that daily, Father God. God, we pray that you forgive us as we forgive others. God, we pray that this morning that you will continue through the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit to steer us away from the the way that the enemy just wants to rob, kill and destroy and lead us out of the fullness that you have for us. God, we pray for the sound of heaven this morning to come to earth. And we lift your name up because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So Revelation 5.12 reads, Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessings. Oh, all those seven attributes are ascribed to Jesus Christ, that he is worthy of all of those things. And hopefully by now, if you've been following the series, you've read the surrounding verses of what is happening in Revelations 4 and 5. But if you haven't, we'll go through a quick jog of that for you. John is describing what he has seen as God has shown him a glimpse of heaven and what's happening concerning future events for all mankind. Imagine having that job, trying to put language to something that you've never seen before with a framework and a limited vocabulary or, you know, how do you describe what you're seeing thousands of years ago? John sees God on his throne and describes God as being in the appearance of like this jasper and sardis stone and that around his throne is a rainbow and, the, and, and it's glowing and it's shining like an emerald. And John sees these other thrones and these, these elders and these creatures that just are mind-boggling when he describes their imagery. But they're sitting there day and night declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. I wonder how you would have described what you saw. In chapter 5 of John, John starts by saying, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, this is God, a scroll, written inside and on the back, sealed with the seven seals. 
And in the opening message of the series, Craig talked about what that seal was, the title deed to earth. And the angel proclaims there in a loud voice that who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one can be found who is worthy to open the scroll. What I find interesting about that piece of scripture found in Revelation 5.3 where it says no one means no one. No one on heaven, no one on earth, no one under the earth. But what is also crazy about this piece of scripture, it says that not only is no one able to open it, it says no one is even worthy enough to look at it. Imagine that. We, you know, if we take the story, let's take a side note, take the story of Arthur and Scalibur, King Arthur and the, the sword of in the stone. You know, King Arthur pulled the stone or the sword out of the stone in order to prove his worthiness to be king. And we've seen that because we've seen the movies. But what if this, you know, take the picture of this uh, stone and, and a sword and it's locked away in a room and we all line up to go and see if we're worthy enough to pull it out and yet no one is. And, and you come to the door and it's your turn and you don't even get a look. You're not even worthy to have a look at it. You know, this is how far above us Jesus is and his worth. And yet there are times and I've heard messages where um, I've been really discouraged in that because we're always told that we are sinners and we are scum and we are, I've heard messages where, you know, they're trying to separate the gap of God's worthiness in us. And I've always walked out feeling hopeless and, you know, worthless. And yes, Jesus Christ is so far above us and his worthiness that we don't even get a look in. But I felt God this morning say, that does not change your value. You are valuable to Jesus Christ. Just because he is far greater and far worthy doesn't make you worthless. He went to the cross for you. That's, you are his treasured possession. You are his value. He loves you ultimately. And yes, God is worthy and Jesus is so far worthy. But you are a treasured possession of his. I thought that was what God wanted me to share with you this morning. Yes, he is worthy. We don't even get a look in. We don't measure up at all. That's how far above us Jesus is. But he loves you still. John is uh, he's there and no one is found worthy and he gets really upset. And in verse 7 it says that an angel or an elder comes up to him and says, Don't weep, behold. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold, and in the midst of the throne and even of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, set out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. You see, Jesus is worthy because of what he's done on the cross to take the scroll, the title deed, back. And it goes on to say in verse 8 that he took the scroll and the creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and opens its seals. For you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. 
and the scripture that Ashley read out this morning in verse 11, it says, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the thrones, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessings. Jesus alone is worthy. Jesus alone is able to take the scroll back, the title deed from whom Adam sold it to back in the Garden of Eden. Verse 12, let's start there. Saying with a loud voice. So who's saying with a loud voice? See if you can see the first link in this morning. Well, in verse 11, it tells us, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. That's cool, eh? I mean, I asked so many people this week, how many is 10,000 times 10,000? And no one got it right. Who's brave enough to tell me how much is times 10,000 times 10,000? One, yeah, good calculator work there, Rich. 100 million plus thousands and thousands. You know, some, some uh, versions will tell you it was a myriad of angels, which is just a, a countless number. But imagine the sound of heaven when you have 100,000 angels plus thousands and thousands around the throne in a loud voice. And in unison, saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. Man, that's a sound, wasn't it? Incredible sound. You think about it in comparison to Joshua who led the people around the walls of Jericho. Link number two. The seventh day, what did they do? They, they blew their horns and they shouted, and made a noise unto the Lord, and the walls came down. And they didn't have a hundred million people. And that's why I started this morning talking about noise. If the body of Christ stood united and declared with loud voices, every single one of us, meaning that you cannot be quiet in your faith. We cannot declare Jesus Christ as Lord and our Saviour and sit in the shadows and be meek and mild. Together, individually with a loud voice, together with a loud voice. But more importantly, that loud voice needs to reflect the sound of heaven or it's still just noise. And it can't be noise. It has to be the sound of the heaven. Imagine what would happen if the church stood up and made a loud voice. Imagine the walls that would come down. What walls? The walls of abortion. What about the walls that talk about confusion of gender? about the walls of suicide, the walls of depression and anxiety, the walls that speak of hopelessness and fear. There are many, many walls out there at the moment that need to come down. Right? And they come down with the sound of heaven, with the sound of a loud, united voice coming from the body of Christ. What does that sound look like? Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. It's by the church lifting up the name of Jesus and standing on his name and his word and his truth 
when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we put Him first above all things, when we are bold with our faith, when we stand and reflect the sound of heaven, we then stand and say, God, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When we start making that sound, people will notice. Revelation 5, 12, 5 tells us that, that Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain, is the one who was, was worthy to receive. He's worthy to receive power. Matthew 28, 18, all authority has been given to, to him on heaven and on earth. And we've spoken this morning about the power in the name of Jesus. We've all probably got testimonies of declaring the name of Jesus and the power that, that holds, the power in the name that we call on, on Jesus. It's incredible. And yet all this authority and all this power that there is, Jesus is elevated above it. He's worthy to receive it all. And we need to give him all authority and all power. And I can't escape this word authority at the moment for me. And the challenge that God's been laying down in my life of late is this. Is Jesus Christ Lord and Saviour of your life? Or do you just see him as saviour? Because he's also Lord. The son of God who came in grace and mercy and forgiveness and in peace and in love, who gave his life for us all, who saved us, which is all true. And I'm incredibly grateful. He is our saviour. He is worthy. He is the lamb that was slain, but he is also king. He is also all-powerful, all-knowing, in charge. King of kings, Lord of lords. Is Jesus Christ just my Lord as my Lord and Saviour? Or am I just treat him as Saviour sometimes and forget the Lordship that he is worthy of? When he says go, does, do I go? Do I treat his word as finite, definite? This is the truth I have to stand on. Is he Lord when it comes to the things I have to put my name against because I am a child of God and I carry his name? Or do I sometimes allow that overshadowing saviour to be, to be, oh, it's all right, God's graceful, he's mercy, he'll love me, he'll forgive me. And I neglect the lordship that he carries. That's my challenge. I challenge you to see how is God, because we celebrate Saviour all the time. We love Jesus and we honour him, lift him up. But is he Lord of everything in your life? Because he sits above it all. And I hear to say this morning that Jesus Christ is my Saviour and he is my Lord. But what about is he worthy of all your riches? <laughs> oh, I'm glad that one was in there. Isn't that a controversial topic with the church? Here's a couple of scriptures for you. Psalm 24, verse 1. The, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein belong to the Lord. Exodus 19, verse 5. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commands, Lord, you shall be treasured possessions among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. We hear this one a lot in Psalms 50. We actually hear part of it. For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. 
How many times have we prayed? Jesus, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Sell one for me. I need help. I have prayed that many times. But how much do I limit God to the riches? Because he doesn't just own the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the cattle. He owns all the hills. He owns the earth and everything in it. That is how much our God is worthy to receive all riches. And I threw this one in there just to throw a, poke a stick at the bear. Haggai 2, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. There are so many verses in the Bible like this. I clicked on 111 just by one Google search just to see how many there was that talk about God and his riches. Jesus Christ is worthy of all riches, so how are you with your generosity? Is he Lord in that era of your life? And Shani and I have been on incredible journeys where God has challenged us with that area on our life, and we are still walking that faith journey with him. But if we want to replicate the sound of heaven in our lives, if we want to see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, riches are a part of it because he is worthy of all riches. Our willingness to place him as Lord in our lives in that area is part of the sound of heaven. What about wisdom? We know that God is all-knowing, and yet how often do I find myself going to him last for advice or direction or help? You know, quite often I'll call to a friend for logic or for, um, oh, what do I do here? And I ask God, yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure you've all done it, we've all done that. Do we trust him to lead us knowing that he is, in all his wisdom, his plans are good for us? Do we trust him to know that what is best for us and when is best for us? Do we trust him with our timing? God, Jesus Christ is all-knowing. He is the source of all wisdom. Or do we think we know better? Because sometimes I think I do. I'm just being honest. Sometimes I think I've known better than God and my history will tell me that. I only have to look back and look at some of the, the choices and the decisions I've made. And, you know, there are times when God has said to do something to me and I've run out and, and, and done it and God says, yeah, well, that wasn't my timing though. <laughs> You know, or God has said, do this. And I go, no, I actually prefer to do that. And realize that actually I was wrong. God knows best. My history, I I think you only just have to look at our histories to recognize that sometimes we probably put ourselves above God when it comes to wisdom or others becomes to wisdom. But God is the source of all wisdom and we need to go to him. Jesus is worthy. He holds all the answers and there is no one with wisdom like Christ. The greatest wisdom you will ever find in this world is found in one book. And Jesus is the author. The word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and with God. Jesus Christ is the word. Lifting up the name of Jesus almost goes hand in hand with lifting up his word. Give us our day, our daily bread. If we want to have the sound of heaven, it goes hand in hand with your daily devotion and your time spent in his word, seeking wisdom, seeking direction, seeking what he wants for you in your life. There is no other book or person that will give you the revelation and what you need. Put him first. 
lift him first when it comes to that area of your life. Jesus is worthy of all strength. Again, Jesus is the fulfillment of all these attributes described to him in this passage. Strength being one of them. And it's funny because when I hear the word strength, I automatically physical strength, think of physical strength, right? I don't know if you do that, but you know, it pays not to have an arm wrestle with God. Jacob did that and poof, touched his hip and all of a sudden, oh, you lose. But God is, Jesus is so much stronger than that. His strength is so much deeper than that. Jesus is the one you should go to when you feel tired and worn out. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are worthy, weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He is your sense of a source of strength, your source of rest and peace. What about the strength that he gives you to weather a storm, to persevere and to hold on? What about that inner strength that we need to bite our tongues? Woo. Or to resist temptation, to lead us not into the things that will cause us death or destruction or take us away or hurt the relationship that we have from God. It is Christ that gives you that strength. Jesus displayed incredible strength and obedience that evening he was portrayed on the cross or before he went to the cross. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. That is strength to persevere, to submit his will unto the Father's. To me, that strength to do that in hard times and sometimes impossible times when he calls you to step out, because we are supposed to do it in his strength, not our own. He is the source of your strength. So we're called to lift up the name of Jesus in our strength, to give him glory and praise for being the one who holds you, protects you, sustains you, provides for you. It's not supposed to be, look at me, look what I've done. It's supposed to be, look at what Christ is doing through me. Look what Christ has done. Isn't he amazing? He is worthy of all the praise and the acclamation and the glory. 1 Corinthians 1.31 says, Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This morning we're talking about lifting Jesus up. Are you lifting him up with all your strength? Honour, glory and blessing. You who are, oh, sorry, who are you blessing? Ooh, and why are you blessing them? It was the question I felt God asked me to ask. Because we're called to be a blessing, but we are blessed to be a blessing. See, Jesus Christ and God is the source of all blessing, of all good things. Our ability to love one another is because Christ first loved us. Every, every time we get the opportunity to bless someone, whether it be with material things or with uh, words of affirmation, we need to understand that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Jesus is the source of all honour and glory and blessings. You know, time and time again, I felt good, you know, when I've done something. Ooh, look what I've done. But it was only through Christ that gave me the ability to do that in the first place. And I've got to make sure that I give him all the glory for the goodness that we're able to do. Loving Arms is, is a classic for that. It's his ministry. We're able to bless hundreds of families. But it's nothing that Shani and, oh, mainly Shani, not I, but mainly Shani and her team are doing. It's God that gets all the glory and all the praise because he is, the, he is blessing us to be a blessing and he is blessing you to be a blessing. 
So continue to give him all the honour and the glory and the praise. Jesus is worthy to receive every blessing and honour. For me, this is an area of heart. Who am I elevating more than Christ? What am I elevating more than Christ? And like I said, sometimes that can be me. Because I think I know better. I put myself in a position where I'm going out of my own strength or my own wisdom. And I like to receive a bit of praise and I like to receive a little bit of glory, but Jesus is worthy. He is the lamb that was slain and is worthy to receive all. And in glory, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I wonder this morning, who will stand this morning and give Jesus Christ glory for all that he has done? Who is bold enough to stand and say, Jesus Christ, you are the hope of the world? Who is ready to stand and be bold with their faith? Who is standing this morning to lift up Jesus who is worthy to receive all power? Who is bold enough to stand in their faith this morning to say, Jesus, you are worthy to receive all strength? Who is bold enough this morning to stand up and lift up the name of Jesus who is worthy to receive all riches? who was standing this morning to lift up Jesus, who was worthy to receive all wisdom, who will stand and give him honour, who will stand and bless him this morning. Look around. This is the body of Christ reflecting the sound of heaven. This is what the world needs to see. This is what the world needs to hear. This is the sound that needs to become the most dominant noise that breaks down walls and brings your life and others' lives into alignment with the sound of heaven. A church, a body of Christ who is united, prepared to stand in boldness and say Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He is the author and the perfecter of the faith. He is a way maker. He is our King of kings. He is our Lord of lords. We could go on for hours and hours proclaiming the worthiness of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are worthy to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honour, glory and blessing. And we stand this morning with the hundred million angels and thousands and thousands of more declaring that Jesus Christ is worthy. He is the lamb that was slain. He is the one and only who is worthy to take the scroll and open it. He is the one and only who is worthy to receive all honour, glory and blessing. God, help us as we move out from here to continue to unpack what heaven sounds like, what heaven looks like, what heaven feels like, so that we can bring that to earth. So that we can transform our world. We are honoured to be called children of God when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And this morning I pray that we use his name that brings him glory in every area of our life. Amen.
Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our message and it inspired you. Stay connected and get amongst our family. Find us on Facebook, YouTube or our app. We are Zion people.